first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. You know, I always wondered what was going through Peter's mind as he was running toward the tomb. If you look at the scripture that we just read, you'll see that Mary Magdalene was actually, she was spinning a lot of doubt out because she didn't say that our Savior had been resurrected from the dead. She said somebody had stolen his body. These were people that had followed Jesus. These were people that had heard Jesus say that he was going to die and rise on the third day. And here you have this man by the name of John and you have Peter and they are running toward the tomb. I wonder if he was reminiscing of all the moments that he had with Jesus. He would never forget the moment that Jesus came by the Sea of Galilee and spoke two words that would change his life forever. I don't know if you know what those two words are, but the two words are this, follow me. It's the same two words that every one of us in this room hears from God at one point or another. Amen? We all hear these words, follow me. Some of you have followed Christ. Some of you have not made that decision to follow Jesus yet. But after Peter followed Christ, I'm going to tell you something. Peter experienced some amazing things following Jesus. Just like you and I, when we begin to follow God, we begin to experience some amazing things. And as he was running toward that tomb, I could only imagine the memories that began to flood his mind as he went to see if the tomb was really empty. Did Mary lose it? Did people really steal his body? Or... Jesus really rise from the dead. Here he is and he's thinking, I'm just kind of painting a picture for you, but he's thinking of all these things. And the first time that Jesus actually sees this man that we call Peter, but his name was Simon, Jesus gave Simon a new name, which was Cephas, which, mean, uh, or which meant a rock or a stone. Cephas translated as Peter. He wasn't always Peter. He wasn't always the rock. He wasn't always the stone. He was very rowdy. He was like a lot of you, not me, a lot of you. He was very rowdy and crazy. And he was known to cuss. And he was known to do some crazy things. I mean, he was the original Bocephus. All my rowdy friends have settled down. See, y'all can't even believe I said that on Mr. Sunday. What's wrong with y'all? Y'all pulled it out of me. But honestly, if you think about it, Peter witnessed some amazing miracles. Peter literally walked on water. Listen, you have to be at a whole nother level of your faith to walk on water. <laughs> Amen. One day, Jesus looks at Peter and he says this. Actually, he looks at all the disciples and he says, Who do people say that I am? This man that came, the Son of God, 
Who does people say that I am? Peter gave an amazing response. He said this. He said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Everybody else was saying other things. Jesus looks at this man that we're talking about today named Peter and he says, On this rock, I will build my church. When people confess my name, when people acknowledge that I'm the Son of the living God, the kingdom of God will be built. The church will be built. But right after that, Jesus predicted his death. Guess who wasn't having it? Peter. Peter wasn't having it. He objected to the idea that Jesus would have to die. I don't know if you know this. Wow. I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus was born to die. Amen. He was born to die. And Peter, here's what he was saying. He was saying, listen, I, 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 I don't, I'm, no, you, you can't die. You can't do that. No, you cannot go to a cross. No, you are not going to die. That's not my will for you, Jesus. Jesus turns and looks at Peter and he says this. He says, get behind me, Satan, for you are a hindrance to me. When you came in today, you got a rock. Grab that rock just real quick. And in the remaining of my sermon, I want you to just hold on to that rock. That was the day. Even a follower of Jesus, that was the day that Peter created a barrier between he and Christ. It was all about Peter's will, not God's will. Are y'all with me today? Peter thought it was best that Jesus would stay on the earth because look at all of the many miracles. Look at the things that Jesus was doing. But Jesus had a bigger plan. You know what the bigger plan was? Me. You. Jesus had us on His mind. Jesus was looking at the bigger picture. He turns and He looks at Peter and He says this, You're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. You know that God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Right after this happened, they found themselves uh, celebrating Passover. It would be the last week of Jesus' life. They found themselves around a supper table. All the disciples gathered around together. And uh, there, there you see all of them in Judas. There's a man by the name of Judas that is sitting at the table. And Judas is there. And Jesus turns and he looks at Judas. And he makes a statement. And a lot of the guys are like, what? I don't really understand what he meant. But he said, whatever you're going to do, go and do it quickly. And Judas gets up from the table and he walks out of the room and Jesus addresses all of the other disciples. Jesus finds a piece of bread, a loaf of bread that is on the table. He picks up the loaf of bread and he breaks the bread. And he begins to distribute it to the disciples. And he said, take it, for this is my body, which is broken for you. Jesus was predicting his death. There was a cup there on the supper table. Also, he took the cup and he said, This cup represents the new covenant, my blood, which will be shed for the remission of sins. That word remission means forgiveness. For the forgiveness of your sin, my blood will be shed. Is anyone in here excited that Jesus Christ shed his blood for the remission of our sins? 
Jesus went on and he said, guys, we got to go pray. And he went to a garden. They call that garden Gethsemane. And the disciples went in with him. And he told the disciples, he said, hey, I want you to watch and pray. And Jesus went into the garden. He came back out to check on the disciples. And those disciples, just like you and I, from time to time, had fallen asleep. They weren't watching or praying. Jesus wakes him up and says, come on, man, the hour is near. Watch and pray. And he goes back in, and before too long, they hear a crowd coming. And Peter, just being the guy that he was, he jumps up and he goes out. And Judas, you remember the guy that left the supper table? Judas is leading the crowd. Judas comes up to Jesus and betrays Jesus with a kiss. Because that's what they did back in that day, amen? Be a little weird these days, right? But he, he betrayed Jesus with his kiss, and these people began to grab Jesus. But who was it that pulled his sword out and began to swing his sword, and he cut a dude's ear off? It was Peter. Peter was just like you and I. He just wanted to do what was right. You remember back when Jesus had said, I've got to die? Peter was going, no, 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 no. They'll have to take me out too. You're not going to die. They're going to have to die. Peter was for real. And I promise you, he wasn't swinging for this dude's ear. He was going for the neck. Amen. He's going for the juggler. He was going to kill somebody. Again, listen, his intentions, just like us, we all have great intentions. His intentions did not line up with his actions. If you've ever been in a moment of your life when your intentions didn't line up with your actions. And here we see again, Peter has created another barrier. Another barrier between he and God. Between he and Jesus Christ. It, it was about his will. He thought that was the right thing to do. And it wasn't. It's not about his will. It's about God's will. Listen to this in Luke chapter 22, verse 54. It says, Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Peter followed at a distance. Now, I love that text because it really speaks volumes to me. Distancing will lead to denying a lot of us in this room, I know I have personally been here before in my life. A lot of us will distance ourselves from God just far enough where we can still see Him, but we can't really feel Him. We can't really be who God has created us to be. Are y'all with me today? Are y'all with me? Distancing will lead to denying and saying, man, hallelujah. Hopefully that fixes itself. Distancing will lead to denying. You're probably sitting here saying, yeah, but you know what? I've never denied Christ. Well, Peter also said that he wouldn't deny Christ. Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times. You will deny me. Peter spotted by three different people and accused of being one of Jesus' disciples. Somebody come up, hey, I know who you are. You're one of those disciples. No, 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 no. I don't know who you're talking to, but I'm not with him. But he's looking at him. And after the third time it happened, you know what happened? The rooster crowed. Listen to Luke chapter 22, verse 61 and 62. It says, The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Then Peter remembered. 
Have you ever had something in your life and you remembered the words that God had spoke to you? Or maybe you remember back when you were a teenager and you were going to your grandmother's church and, and, and you remember that one night something special happened in you, but you haven't really been living for God, but you remember it. Something has happened in your life that you remember it. Maybe it's not a God experience. Maybe you've done something in your life and you remember what your grandmama told you not to do. He remembered. I love that word. He remembered the word the Lord has spoken to him before the rooster crows today. He would deny me three times, but here's what I wanted to get to. And Peter went out and he wept bitterly. He knew that his will had gotten in the way. Here he is again for the third time just in my story. The, the ones that I'm pulling out of Scripture to you this morning. Here you are in the third time today that this man has created a barrier between he and God. And in that one glance, when they had that, show, that, that stare down just for a moment after he had denied him three times, Peter saw the depth of his own failure. Sometimes God allows those types of things to happen so we can see the depth of our own failure. But how many of you know in Christ, we're not a failure? Amen? It's not about our will. It's about God's will. Jesus Christ, when He cried out, It is finished on the cross. The veil of the temple was ripped from top to bottom. You know what that means? When Jesus said it was finished, we had full access to Him. You've got to think about those types of things. And with Peter in this situation, and he's going through this, and he's having this glance with Jesus, that would be the last time that Peter would lay his eyes on Jesus before the resurrection. And you've got to think about it. Here Peter is, and he's running, and he's going to the tomb. Let me go back to the beginning of the sermon just for a moment. Did they really take his body? Did they really take his body? Was there doubt there? Or could it be true? Is it possible that he had risen from the dead? This is the moment that I believe Peter began to remember all the things that Jesus had spoken. Some of us that's been in church for a while will know this, but listen, destroy this temple and I will raise it back up in three days. Come on. The Son of Man must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things and be killed and on the third day be raised again. Come on. Maybe he was remembering these types of things. Maybe he remembered the authority that Jesus said he had. He said this. He said, I lay down my life that I may take it up again because I have the authority to take it up again. Death don't have a sting on me. There's nothing that can keep me down. Come on. That was Jesus. And he's going. And he says, the Son of Man. I wonder if he remembered this one. Because he just experienced everything that Jesus had prophesied about himself. Jesus said the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priest and the scribes. And they'll condemn him to death. But after three days. Come on somebody. After three days. I will rise. Yes. Go ahead. 
follow up the text that we read in the beginning. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple whom had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. He saw and he believed. Verse 9, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Amen? Perfect Jesus arose with our freedom in side of that stone oh Jesus is dead we got him he said he was the son of God we got him I want to declare today that there was not death on the other side of that stone there was life on the other side of that stone amen there was life as you came in today go ahead grab that little stone I want you to I want you to hold it in your hand just for a moment I want you to just kind of grasp onto it Kind of move it around in your hand. We're going to call that stone today your will. I painted a picture of a guy by the name of Peter that was always grasping his will and not casting his will down to pick up the will of God. I want to tell you something. When Jesus was sitting on that, on that shore side and Peter was in the boat after the resurrection, and Jesus jumped out of the boat to swim, or Peter jumped out of the boat to swim to Jesus. I'm going to tell you, I promise you, he began to lay this down. He had a second chance. I want everybody in this room to understand, God is a God of second chances. He's a God of third, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth, twelfth, five hundredth. He is a God of chances, amen? This stone represents the very thing that is separating you from God. Let me ask you a question. Do you have things in your life that are separating you from God? Because Proverbs 16.25 says this, there's a way that seems right to a man but leads to death. This right here seemed right to Peter. We, we noticed three different times in Scripture 
three different times, this way seemed right to a disciple, to someone who was following Jesus. But it didn't lead to life. I wonder if there's people in here that you're holding on to things that are leading to something that points away from life. Is there something in your life that is separating you from God? Some of you go, hey, there may be a few things in my life that's separating me from God. And, and you know what? When I look at my life, I see death. I, I don't see any hope. I'm going to tell you, you may see death on the other side of this stone. But I'm here to declare to the enemy today that there's life on the other side of that stone that you're carrying today. There's life. Listen to this. It's, it's a very quoted scripture. Most of you probably have heard this. If you're an American, you know this. Or you've at least heard it. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know that you are a whosoever today? That God didn't leave you out? You're sitting there where you don't know what I did last night. I would care less about what you did last night and so would Jesus. What I care about is what decision you make today. Today is the day that you can change your whole life. Today is the day that you can look to a God who loves you and cares for you. And you can say, God, please forgive me and He will forgive you. That is the God that we serve. Today is the day. I wonder how many people in this room are willing to lay their life down. Willing to lay their will down. And pick up a life of Christ. Pick up the will of God. If you would, bow your heads. Close your eyes this morning. If that's you, and you say, hey, I've got barriers in my life. I'm tired of them. I need help. I'm tired of living life all by myself. If that's you today, would you just slip up your hand? You've got things in your life that are separating you from God. Yeah, go ahead. Slip up your hand. Go ahead. Don't be ashamed. Jesus Christ wasn't ashamed of you. If every head's bowed, every eye's closed, please lift up your hands. They're going up all over the place. If that's you today, I want you to know Jesus loves you. I'm going to do it one more time. Jesus loves you. If there's things in your life that are separating you from God and you need to confess those things over to God and you need God to forgive you of the sins in your life, would you slip up your hand, please? God is good. Hands are raising all over the place. I want to pray a prayer with you. And when I pray this prayer, I want you to mean it with all of your heart. Those of you that's raised your hand, I'm telling you, God is fixing to do something amazing in your life. He's fixing to do something amazing. You are about to be set free. Everybody else in the room, you didn't raise your hand, but I'm telling you, these people need all of our support. So we're all in this room and also watching online. We're going to pray this prayer together. Are you ready this morning? Say this with me. Very simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I confess my sins to you today. I believe that you died on a cross. And you rose on the third day for me. Come and be my Lord and my Savior. Use me from this day forward. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a big old hand clap. You can do better than that. Give God a big old hand clap. Revelation chapter 2 verse 17 says this, To the one who overcomes, or to the one that conquers, I will give him a white stone. To some that's like, what? That's weird. Do you know what you just did today? You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. Those of you that have just given your life to the Lord, you are more than a conqueror. That scripture goes on to say, that stone is going to have a new name written on it. Because you're no longer the old man. You're now a new person. Amen? You're now a new person. And listen, it says a new name is going to be written on that stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. You want to know why I believe the scripture says that? Because there's going to be people in our lives today, if I break that thing down practically, there's going to be people in your life, you're going to go from here and you're going to say, man, I gave my life to Christ. And there's going to be doubters in your life. But don't you doubt God. Don't doubt what God is doing in your life today. God just changed you. Amen? He just changed you. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do something a little different. And I don't want you to make me look bad up here. Okay? I'm going to encourage everybody that confessed Christ over their life and removed the barrier. I want you to do something symbolically before God and also before the enemy telling Him you are a loser and I'm a winner. Amen? So here's what we're going to do today. If you prayed that prayer and you gave your life to Christ, maybe for the very first time or some of you just confessed some sins, there's some barriers in your life. But if you prayed that prayer and you, you said, God, there's some barriers in my life i got to get rid of, and you prayed that, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come across this stage in a minute. I'm not giving you a microphone. So don't be, don't be embarrassed or ashamed, but here's what you're going to do. I'm just going to lead you by example. How about that? I'm going to show you what I want you to do. What's up, man? So I'm you. Most of you can't see me because I'm short. God bless me. Right? So I'm you. I'm just sitting here in the congregation. The preacher just preached. And man, he preached a dynamic sermon. Amen? Yeah, okay. All right. So he just preached. But that moment... I began to realize my will had to be laid down and I had to pick up God's will. And I prayed that prayer. And you're sitting here. And on the count of three in a moment, I'm going to encourage you to come up. And when you come up, here's what I want you to do. On the count of three, after I say three, you're going to walk up. And you're not going to care what your neighbor thinks about you or what anybody else says about you. Because this is a declaration to God that you're going to serve Him from this day forward. You're going to come up. You're going to walk up these steps. And as you're coming, you're going, I'm no longer the old man. I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. And then you're going to throw your rock down. Can you do that? Come on. Can you do that? Once you do that, where's Stacy at? Come on, Stacy. Come on up here. Once you throw your rock down, I want you to come over here to Miss Stacy. I'm going to be up here high-fiving you. I want you to grab one of these white rocks because you just cast down the old man and you're picking up the new man. And I want you to go down and sit in your seats and celebrate. Can you do that? Can you do it today? Don't make me look crazy up here all by myself. On the count of three, I want you to get out of your seats and I want you to cast down the old man and I want you to pick up the new right now. One, two, three. Come on. Come on. Three.
you can do better than that. Come on. Wow. 